Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A good week for Manchester United, we've beaten Chelsea, got a score draw in a rainy Bruges and with some second half comfort, beaten Watford 3-0 at home with two fantastic goals and we've all fallen in love with Bruno Fernandes. We'll try to take all of that and discuss it in the perspective of the bigger picture and the whole season in Series 5, Episode 29 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast and as always we'll have our regular youth and women's roundup. is definitely Manchester United. Too far for Ronaldo to think about it. Oh! Absolutely sensational! It's red in Russia. This English night in Europe is Manchester United's night. Jack, this was a, a slightly rough first half at Old Trafford, but United come away with another win a third consecutive league a third consecutive clean sheet in the Premier League and a, and a pretty balanced team now it it will probably all go to pot when we when we play Bruges on Thursday or Everton away on Sunday but it's, it's clearly a good win and at the centre of it all was the January signing Bruno Fernandes yeah, it wasn't a perfect performance by any means the first half especially we were pretty poor and I mean the uh, mistake from Maguire and Matic in the what was it second or third minute or something that almost led to Wofford scoring was not an ideal yeah. start, but we grew into the game and eventually we saw the quality of Bruno Fernandes because we looked far more capable in this game of breaking down a side that were trying to sit deep against us than maybe any other game that I can remember this season. I think it showed us exactly what we wanted from Bruno Fernandes coming in, that he is able to to really dictate the game and, and able to create chances for us. And it's exactly what we wanted. It's exactly what he did. That and it that just his confidence as, as well to to sort of take charge of that penalty situation was lovely to see. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm slightly concerned about Solskjaer's comments after the game comparing him to Paul Scholes. It just it seems like the kind of comment that United managers have made in the last <laughs> half a decade that have come back to bite us in the arse so many times. But you can see why because he does seem to be a very yeah. very good player and he's made it probably as good a start in a United shirt as you could ever hope for in his first three or four games. Yeah, I was I, I was actually I was covering the game um so I was at that press conference and that you could when he he compared him to the quality of skulls and the temperament of of Juan Sebastian Verón and you could sense this this kind of feeling around the room everyone was like not sure that's that's the best thing to say about about your new signing. Um <laughs> yeah. but I think he's he's offered so much and and perhaps more than than some of us expected maybe 
in line with the expectations of others. But it's not just how creative he is in terms of passing the ball and, and having the vision and the quality to find the, the runs of Marshall and Greenwood, but it's also there's this 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 subtle influence of, of brilliant movement between the lines and off the shoulder of the last defender that adds something else. So it's not just we've got a good midfielder now who can find the runs of Greenwood, Martial, Rashford when he comes back, etc. But it's also he he adds that that that's something different. And what I've also been been pleasantly surprised by is is the again it's a bit subtle, but the the aggression that he shows. Yeah. Not only is he maintaining the tempo of the game. In, in how quick he passes, in, in the touch and move and in how he, he moves across the pitch. But also he, he, he snaps at, at, at defenders' heels or, or while he's putting pressure on them. And, and that's a really big thing. And I remember one moment where Ben Foster was on the ball. Marshall and Greenwood chose not to press him. I think probably rightly so because I think they'd been told not to. There was no point in pressing Ben Foster because you're better off just letting him hoof it long and getting the ball back. Um, but... Fernandez just took that upon himself and he, he's not really he's not being given a free role but he's I think Solskjaer recognises that he's he's an intelligent enough player to decide when he needs to be really in that number 10 role and when he needs to be as the third midfielder with Fred and Matic or Fred and McTominay and I think that that's a really positive thing well it was the same thing against Chelsea as well Is a lot of times during that game where he would be sort of doing these one-man presses but unlike when Ando Herrera used to do it Fernandez was actually organising his teammates around him could see him going, trying closing down Caballero, and obviously against Chelsea, uh, as a team who liked to play out from the back, it was a lot more effective. But you could see him organising Martial, you could see him organising Dan James Pereira, you could see that he has this know-how and he is a mo- much more of a leader on the pitch than a lot of our, our recent signings. But I think the one, the biggest thing for me, and the thing that for me that's been so impressive in his first couple of games, something that you said is that it's the, the pace at which he, which he does everything. You're really the only, the only other person yeah. that has the kind of quality that Fernandez has for in terms of putting in good crosses into the box. The passing is probably one matter, and don't get me wrong, one matter it does have a, possesses a lot of quality. Has a great left foot, but if you think about pretty much all of the all of the moments, all the good chances that one matter creates, it's usually from either a free kick or or it's when he gets the ball out wide and he has a few touches, he has time to pick a spot for a good cross or a nice pass through the lines. It's very rare that it happens on a counter-attack or when he just picks up the ball and there's one touch, bang, pass through. But Fernandez, every single thing yeah. that he does is at pace and it helps us so much, especially in a team that is quite reliant on pace in our front line. And even when it's just very, very simple things like playing a one-two or if he gets the ball and he's just one touch or playing a simple pass, everything is crisp, everything is sharp, it's done at pace. And it's those little subtle things that end up making a big difference because it raises the the level of everyone else yeah. around him. And it also means when you're playing against a deep block, they don't have time to reset as we're moving the as we're shifting the ball around, which I think has been a lot a big part of our problem this season. Yeah, and it's 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 exactly this kind of game. It's not just a big game against against Chelsea or um, in the future when we play City in a couple of weeks, but it's this kind of game at home to Watford where you really need someone to keep the the pace of the game ticking over and fernandez is doing that and it it's i i saw i saw these stats the other day for those who were, who are at all interested in the stats about 50 60% of all of fernandez's passes go forward which is i mean i was slightly surprised that it wasn't more but apparently it's a very good rate it's higher than messi at the weekend who's always one of the players with the the most passes forward and and this wasn't just against watford it was 60% against wolves 52 against chelsea and 46 against Watford and 
is it puts into stats what everyone can see is that Fernandez is improving the the tempo and the and the directness of United's play. He, he is the the creative force that we've been craving this season and in, and in past seasons as well. And in addition to that, he's clearly a lead on the pitch. I, I was just rewatching the highlights this morning actually, and um, when Anthony Martial scores. Obviously, the whole team go over to celebrate with him, um, and and as they're walking away, Fernandez just keeps Martial there for a second and, and has a little word with him, as if to say, "Well, basically, just well done." And it was he was talking to Martial and Greenwood for the whole game. Is every time and, and and same for Dan James as well. Is every time they made a run and perhaps it didn't come quite off, Fernandez would go over, have a little word, and say, "Just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing the right thing." And this is we've got Harry Maguire I'm going to talk about him as a as, as a captain in a second because I've been impressed in, in the last couple of weeks but now you've also got a second leader in the United side and obviously there should be more but this is a, a signing which comes with a, a leader as well as a good player as you said earlier his football intelligence seems incredibly high and I think that in some ways is the, the, the most important quality that you could ask for a leader I, I don't think that the old sort of cliche of a, of a leader sort of figure on a football team, it still exists in that they need to be screaming and barking orders at everyone the entire time. I, I think what they need to be able to do is, is be able to have the football intelligence to understand the, the state of the game, the, the way that everyone needs to be moving in tandem with each other. And for me, Fernandez looks like he has that. He looks like he has that ability to be able to organise people around him because he just does have a great football IQ. It seems like he is a very, very intelligent player. You can see that when he's on the ball, he seems very, very aware of his surroundings. You know, I, I I can't remember a time in his first few games where he's been caught napping where someone uh, sort of come at him from behind and managed to, to nick the ball off him. He seems very aware of what, of what his surroundings are. And I think that alone is a very important quality to have in a leader, just being able to organise people because you are so aware of what's going on around you. I, I, I don't think we could have asked for much more in the first three or four games, considering he came in he played after, what, two or three days after arriving at the club. And then after two weeks away training with everyone, he's come back and he looks like the star man that we all wanted him to be. Yeah. The the only concern I have with it is that we, we can't allow him to become the the sole creative force in the way that, that Paul Popper was asked to do basically everything when he, when he joined United. It would be uh, negligent. Of, of the coaching staff and the rest of the players to rely on Fernandez too much because A, he's not going to be able to play every game. Uh, that much is, is obvious with, with any player of any quality, of any fitness. But also, the more you rely on him, the the more players will focus, the more the opposition will focus on him and he'll be, he'll be shut out of games. And United in the summer, I'm not saying this is a, an immediate problem, but in the summer need to make sure that they're building a team where Bruno Fernandes is one of a couple of, of good creative players in the side, not the one that, that United are, are constantly relying upon. Yeah, I mean, we got. I think we we have to give the club a little bit of credit, even though this this signing should have happened in the summer. They have identified a player that, that, that we needed, a player that's come in and had a really positive impact. But now that can't be it. it need, we need to be doubling down on this. We need to be signing at least one more player who can come in and provide some creativity, preferably from out wide. I mean, obviously, Jaden Sancho is the is the big one that we've been linked to, but whether it's him or someone else, as you said, we cannot let Fernandez be the only player that we rely upon to be creative because if we do, he's simply going to get marked out of the game. Opponents are going to start zeroing in on Fernandez, trying to take him out of the game and saying to us, well, beat us with someone else. And we just don't have the players to be able to do that as we've proven 
throughout this season. And this gets even more important if Pogba does end up leaving in the summer because that's another creative force in midfield that, that, will, that will be gone that we will need to replace. So I think Fernandez Fernandez is signing it being so impactful so far in some ways increases the pressure on the club to get this summer right because it does look like now we do have a core of players that you could see taking us forward. The problem is that we need to add to it and we need to fill out the rest of that team and it's a question of whether we manage to do that over the summer. And one one of the most most important things is adding at least one, if not two or three more sources of creativity in our side. Yeah, right. Let's move on to the defence. Um, Luke Shaw is, is perhaps the, the main example, evidence, sign of, of defensive improvement recently. Three consecutive clean sheets. The first time there's been two uh, successive clean sheets at home in the league for two years. The fullbacks are developing well. The defence has been good in a five-man and a four-man. And if you think over the last couple of weeks, we've had Williams, um, Lindelof, Maguire, Bay, Shaw, Wambasaka, Dallow all play. And yet, whatever the, the starting lineup has been, the defence has, has looked okay. It was definitely shaky against Watford. I think that was partly down to the midfield, giving away the ball a lot. Um, but I think I, I say this with some caution because we've conceded three goals in, in three games that have been ruled out because of VAR. So... A small margins means these all could not have been clean sheets, but Wambasak is certainly developing better in, in attack. There was a, a lovely cross in, uh, I wrote this down in the 14th minute, he controlled from a, a Fernandez pass and then he, he punted it past his um, his opponent and, and got the cross in that was good. And Shaw is excelling. It's the first time he's played in a, a four-man defence for a while, saved Maguire and Matic and, and his reading of the game looks very good. And I think that's something that he has that's um, better than Brandon Williams at the moment. I think, yeah, it's been uh, almost a little bit of a rejuvenation from Shaw. I, a few months ago, I was pretty convinced that his United career was pretty much over uh, with Brandon Williams' resurgence or emergence yeah. even and Shaw's form just completely dropping off a cliff. But I actually think this left centre-back role that he's been playing quite often, especially against Chelsea, he thought it was very, very good. And I think that role actually kind of suits him because I think part of the issue with Shaw is that Often when he plays in it as a tr- traditional left back, he, he's just a bit erratic and a bit all over the place. Whereas I think a, a left centre back, his defending has improved a lot. But but at the same time, being in a, a, a three man centre back pair, uh, partnership really allows him to be a little bit protected by other people. And his one on one defending isn't has never been that bad. What well, often he gets caught out because of his positioning or, or you know not quite having the fitness to be able to get back after going forward when he plays a, as a traditional left back. So. I think credit to Shaw and Solskjaer for sort of putting him in that position and allowing him to to play as a left centre back because I think it really has worked and it also means that both Shaw and Williams can be on the pitch at the same time and it's ended up working out really really well. I think the big thing is allowing ourselves to to be able to rotate and not feel like it's inevitably going to go wrong because I think that is something that we felt so often recently in that you know we might have a, a half half decent center first choice center back pairing but then you take one of them out and then you're left with Jones Smalling you know whoever whoever it might be that comes in and then you're just left wondering who just what what minute are they going to make a mistake basically um, but seeing Bayer come in have a good performance is very positive obviously now we have three-man uh, defense which give us a little bit more flexibility as well Darlow coming in at right back, who's done okay when he's replaced Wan Bissaka, and Wan Bissaka himself improving a lot, especially going forward. I yeah. think it's nice to see that we have a few options. It's still not perfect because, as you said, there have been some moments where we've got quite lucky not to concede. You know, VAR disallowed goals against Chelsea, 
I mean, the Bruges goal is an example that defensively we definitely aren't we definitely aren't uh, completely sound, and there's still a few mistakes against Watford. But sometimes yeah. you ride your luck and you, and you have to kind of make the most of it. And I think we have done. And at the end of the day, three clean sheets. Even forget the performances. Just psychologically, is a huge boost for the for the defense. Harry Maguire as well um, is obviously the the constant of that defense. The club captain after Ashley Young left in in January to Inter Milan, and I think the the, the he, he's clearly shown himself to be a, a suitable person for the role. But I think his impact on the pitch is his style of play is is also a way that that he leads his side. Um, I can't quite remember the minute. I think it was it was just after the half hour mark against Watford, and this is not uh, an isolated incident. But I remember noting it down in, in particular when uh, United were under pressure. Decore had just had a shot saved by De Gea. Dini, obviously, in, in the opening minutes, was threatened, and Decore was really causing some problems. And Maguire picked up the ball on the edge of his own area, dribbled out of defence while United were under pressure, and that's something that's been shown throughout the season in games that are, are big and small. And he's 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 pushing the defense outwards. Those those runs that I think will become trademark when United not aren't under the cosh, but are certainly under pressure, and they need someone to 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 grab a hold of the game and say, look, we're going forward now and open up the game. And that's what he does. He opens up the pitch because no one is is marking Harry Maguire. No one's going to close him down instantly. No, the the opposition can't really decide who whose responsibility it is to 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 deal with him. And when United are dominating, he doesn't do it quite as much. But when when it's in need, Maguire steps out of defence, and and is, that's I think that's really helping United. Absolutely, I, th- I think Maguire has shown himself to be a very very capable leader, and I think he's was one hundred percent the right choice as club captain. And since being given the, the captaincy, I not only think his performances have improved, but we have seen him grow into the role even more. The, I mean, the the dribbling out from the back. I'm so ingrained within me to be frightened whenever a United centre-back starts dribbling out from, from the back. Smalling and Jones. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, I mean, it, it, he's very effective at it. And I think the, the, what I like about watching Harry Maguire as well is that he just looks very relaxed all the time on the pitch. And I, I don't mean that in the yeah. sense that he, he doesn't care. He's just certain players look just somehow I don't really know how how they do it just their style looks very relaxed you know you contrast Maguire to Lindelof Lindelof always looks a little bit all, all over the place even though he's not you know he could be having a, a, an absolute blinder of a game but he just the way he, he moves the way he especially moves when he has the ball he always looks a little bit erratic but Maguire just looks very calm very relaxed and I think that has a big calming effect on everyone around him especially when he's the kind of player that you, you yeah. can rely on to pick up the ball even as a centre-back and actually progress us forward push the team forward and actually take charge of a situation not just in defence but when he has the ball at his feet too I think that's quite a unique trait to have as as a centre-back and something that's been really important for us in trying to get us out from under the, under pressure sometimes. Yeah, and I think when it comes to off the pitch as well, he's 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 doing the right thing. He's he's fulfilling those responsibilities well. At the the start of the Watford game as the United players came out of the tunnel, there were 11 elderly supporters who had been helped by their their local Age UK charity. It was a United initiative with I think Cadbury's and Maguire it's, Obviously, he's been told what to do, but he came out with a, a grin on his face, shook hands of all of them and, and led the United team out in, in the right way. And I remember one particular post-match interview was after the, the the second leg of the League Cup semi-final against City. United won 1-0, but we, we went out on, on aggregate. And Maguire was, was blunt, uh, honest, uh, cliche-free, and it is what fans want. And there was, there was um, 
early this week and this has been something that's been asked for multiple times but against Watford the the music was turned off at Old Trafford the pre-match music which is normally terrible um, was turned off at United I think 10 minutes before kickoff and that includes this is the one which normally plays when the players walk out of the tunnel it didn't probably have the effect that the the Red Army the the section of Stratford End wanted quite but it, it will progress and this was a decision that Harry Maguire was consulted on the Red Army asked United to do it. Maguire was asked about it and, and he gave his thoughts, agreed to the plan and he's taken a, a keen role in, in all things related to United. So on and off the pitch, it's it's proving to be a good choice. Um, we should talk about uh, two, the two non-Bruno Fernandes goals, Mason Greenwood and Anthony Martial with with two two of, of the best goals of the season. Greenwood was a a trademark Mason Greenwood finish and it's weird to say that in his his first season but the power he generates is is astonishing smashed in off the crossbar 11 for the season 5 in the it league it feels like every single one of, one of his goals has, has come from 18 to 23 yards out yeah yeah and and 5 goals in the league now and I think that's the first teenager to do that in the Premier League since Marcus Rashford yeah, I, mean, I mean I don't want to I don't want to get ahead of myself with Marcus with uh, Mason Greenwood because you know you watch him play and you just get so excited watching him thinking how can this this boy be 18 I mean he is an incredible talent and he every single time he plays it's not just the finishing it's not just the goals it, even in his general play his link up is very good he's he's not just he's not isolating himself and then only popping up to score to score a few goals I, I think you know there are definitely areas that he can improve and I think he he could get a, a little bit better when we are playing against deep blocks because he likes to play on the shoulder of the last defender quite a lot but he seems to be more effective especially when we play against deep blocks at sort of dropping back a little bit and actually playing in front of the defence and then trying to make a run in behind after a little bit of link up play but I think I mean it's only positive signs from here and you know we, we still need some more depth at, at striker but this is another reason why I think the Odin Agalo signing was actually a very good one because Igalo is the kind of player that will come in, will offer us something, but won't take away opportunities from Mason Greenwood. And honestly, at the moment, I think that has to be quite a high priority for United because probably alongside Marcus Rashford is the most exciting teenage talent that we've that we've had in probably, probably 15, 20 years. I thought it was interesting that the anticipation that he, he draws from the Old Trafford crowd when he gets on the ball is perhaps more than anyone except Marcus Rashford. There is this sense that every time he, he picks up the ball, he, yeah. he is going to score. And I think it's because we've we've seen so many different finishes from him. I remember there was a, I can't remember who it was against actually, but there was a tight, a really tight angle finish that was excellent. He's, he's had the composure under pressure in, in one-on-ones. We've seen a couple of, of, of curlers go into the top corner and then there's been the ones like against Watford and, and Newcastle and Azad Altmar where he's just absolutely smashed it in with, with incredible power with his right and his left foot. And I think the anticipation at the moment is 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 incredible and hopefully that will that will continue as he continues to score goals. Well, what you're saying about, about that anticipation, it reminds me a little bit of of what the crowd used to be like when Rooney and Ronaldo were, were very, very young and, and sort of first broke through at United. I mean, in, in their case, it was a little bit different because they were more established first team players a lot sooner than Greenwood was. Yeah. You know, Rooney was pretty much playing week in, week out as soon as he was signed. But I think the two of them, whenever they picked up the ball, there was this sense that something was going to happen. Especially with, with Ronaldo, you you never quite knew. And Greenwood is a very, very different player to either of those two. But I think it's the same excitement around Old Trafford that we have. And that any time he picks up the ball, we just think, what what is he about to do? And and you just get excited that this, 
this guy might be might be the future of United. Yeah, I also think it's positive that he's come through a spell where he hasn't scored as much in in the last six weeks or so. Um, he had that spell against uh, Newcastle in in December. Uh, he, he scored a couple. As it out, my got a couple, and January wasn't. His, his best month but he came through still performing well just not getting quite as many goals I think that's a really positive yeah. thing but Martial's goal was and, one of and credit to Solskjaer for, for starting him again as well yeah 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 absolutely um, Martial's goal one of incredible quality didn't have his, his best game I thought his hold up play was was pretty poor but the, the intent was there and I think the arrival of Igalo is probably kicking Martial on to, to make sure that he improves his hold up play and, and his goal was something of of, of Typical French nonchalance genius. Yeah. I was watching. Uh, I was watching the game on NBC, and the commentator, when the goal went in, said, "This is exactly why United fans get so frustrated with with Martial at times." And it's true. It's the exact reason why I think I'm quite harsh on him at times, and why I get so frustrated watching him quite often. Because when he does stuff like that, you realise, and not realise because we already know, but I guess get reminded of the, the immense quality that he does have. You know some of the things that he does, some of the things he pulls off on the pitch, you just think there are very few players that would even attempt that, let alone actually pull it off. And it, there is this sort of, it's not really arrogance, it's just this immense self-confidence that he has to be able to try certain things that not really any other players would have. I mean, most players in the position he was in for his uh, goal at the weekend would have just been looking to square it or, or you know, pass out to someone on the on the edge of the box and then to have a shot. But this little cheeky dink over Ben Foster was was sublime. I don't think he, he had a, a great game. I, I don't think he's had a great couple of weeks. Honestly, and I think Odion Agallo is actually, when he came on against Chelsea and especially against Bruges and Watford when he came on, I think has actually proven that he can offer us something different and his hold-up play has been very, very good, Igalo. So I think in that sense, yeah. it might do us some good to have him there and... and Potentially in, a, in some games, even play a starter Galo up front with Martial on the left so that we can actually have a striker who can hold the ball up a little bit better when we might be expected to be under pressure. But Yeah, and one I who mean, stays in the box as well. Yeah, exactly. But I think you know sometimes you have to just watch Martial and appreciate the talent that he, that he has because there aren't many players that could have pulled off his, his goal of the weekend. Yeah, I think, I think he deserves some credit for the, the last week because it's been three goals very different goals the, the really good head against Chelsea the one-on-one against um, Club Bruges where he had the anticipation to pick up the ball and then uh, worked really hard to get away from the defender and then a good finish and then this was a, a, a moment of, of typical genius so I think three different goals that show his, his varied qualities we just need to see more of them and I think it is worth praising his work rate against Watford because it, it was much better than we've seen from him in, in other games where no one would have come away from that game saying Martial didn't work hard and even if he hadn't scored I think that would have been the yeah. same the same conclusion um, but yeah in terms of and he had, he had a little bit better movement against Watford as well I have to say especially whenever Fernandes picked up the ball he did seem to be a little bit little bit more aware and have some better movement so hopefully that's a positive sign yeah right just finally before we uh, move on to the youth and women's roundup, and then talk about Bruges and Everton. A few more options off the bench. Igalo, as you mentioned, McTominay came back and Chong came on. A few injuries returning, four fully fit midfielders. Dallow and Bailly came back recently, so it's a decent squad again, but one injury to Martial or Greenwood, and, and it's all all a bit of a mess again. So I think that's that's worth bearing in mind. But at the moment, the squad's looking okay. It's always a, a very tenuous situation with United's front line. I mean, we've seen how much Rashford's injury impacted us. And even though the Igalo signing was 
a good signing. I think it, it will offer us and he will help us this season. Yeah, we're we're always in a precarious situation with our with our front with our forward players. It was great to see Scott McTominay come back though. Yeah, it was. And I think to be fair, I think it shows how this United side's become a little more balanced since since Fernandez came that we that that was kind of a side story, McTominay coming back. It wasn't uh, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. That would have been like, oh, our savior has returned, and now it's like, well, okay, and, he might not even get straight into the starting yeah. lineup. Exactly, and I was going to say we would have been forced to put him straight into the starting lineup and probably play him for ninety minutes because we're so short on players and so reliant on him. But yeah. we have a few more options at our disposal now. Yeah. The under-23s don't play until March the 2nd again away to Stoke City, but they had a friendly against Club Bruges under-23s last Thursday and 1-2-1. The under-18s, though, are in a busy spell. They lost 2-1 to Derby last Saturday with the only goal coming from Charlie Wellens, and now they prepare for an FA Youth Cup quarter-final against Wigan Athletic. That's a Friday night game at Old Trafford. Free entry for everyone. Just need to turn up. Um, I'll be commentating on it for Live Sports FM from 6.30pm. Casey Stoney's Women's United side managed a 3-2 win against Everton for the Reds' first win since January the 19th. Two goals from Galton and one from Toon gave United a 3-0 lead, but the end was a little nervy when Everton scored twice through Turner and Graham to make it 3-2, but a very important win for Casey Stoney's side. Right, Club Bruges, Thursday night, 1-1. We've got the away goal. United obviously going into this as the favourites, but not only the favourites, but the team with the advantage with that away goal. We we should be going through here, Jack. Yeah, I mean, we we haven't talked that much about about the Bruges game last week, actually, it was a pretty terrible performance for a lot for a lot of the game. To be honest, we were, especially in the first twenty minutes or so, truly diabolical at times. But at the end of the day, we came out of it with a result that wasn't too bad. And, and you'd probably say we've edged it in terms of getting the away goal and bringing it back to Old Trafford at one-one. I mean, obviously, the issue is if if Bruges scores, then our task start suddenly gets a lot harder. But after watching us play against Watford and the positive impact that Fernandez has made, I am a lot more confident than I probably would have been had this game been happening, you know, a few weeks ago. I probably would be feeling a lot more apprehensive about it. Yeah, I think we've we've clearly got, as we've just talked about before, the youth and women's roundup. We we've got a, a better squad to pick from than perhaps we would have expected. Um, thinking about this game a, a couple of weeks ago, I think Solskjaer will will rotate again. To be fair, uh, I think we'll probably see Mason Greenwood start. I think. The, the defence will be shaken up a bit. Maybe Brandon Williams in for sure and Eric Bailly might come into it again. Um, and in midfield, we, we said we've got four options and he's going to have to pick from them. I think Fernandez should start because going through in the Europa League is, is clearly still a, a massive priority. We're three points off top four, but for this season to be a success, is top four by itself a success? On a, on a very mild scale, is top four in a trophy a success? Yeah, Given given what we said at the start of the season, that would be a good season. So top four in Europa League, and I think everyone would be very happy with that. Um, so I think it's got to be a strong... Especially given where we were a couple of months ago. Yeah, it absolutely. Like it might be sixth place at best. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's not perfect at all, but there has been a definitely an upturn in form recently, and I think there is a, a better mood around the club. I, but, but at the same time, I don't think we can just put all our eggs in in the Premier League basket, we have to be playing yeah, a full-strength exactly. side against Club Bruges. Yeah, but uh, a difficult run coming up. Um, uh, before we talk about Everton, are you predicting a win against Bruges? Uh, you know what? I'm going to be very, very boring and go for a nil-nil draw that sees <laughs> us through. I th- See, I, I thought this would be... Uh, I thought that would be a possibility, but I, I do think 
United will score. It's been um, the only teams that have stopped us recently from scoring are uh, City, Wolves and Burnley. Um in, in well, that but to be defeat. fair, we did before the, before the Chelsea game. We'd had three Premier League games in a row without scoring. Yeah, but I, I, there, there's I think Fernandez being there, um, McTominay coming back, and Martial being in in okay form, and Agüero being able to come off the bench. I think we will score. So I'm going to go for a a nervy two one United win. Um, where <sighs> yeah, that that would be a, a either, be fair, either of those score lines. My yeah. nerves would be shot. By nil the nil would be. A, a really painful ninety minutes because you know nil nil is <laughs> such a terrible position to be in because as soon as they score that's yeah. yeah you're gone so United do need to score and they've got to go out early and and make sure that happens Bruges were good fine at home United were poor um, we're clearly I think a better side than them it was horrible conditions to play in away from home and and we weren't particularly good we had a, a bit of an off day so I think we we should be winning this and and going through Everton then it's Derby in the FA Cup and then City. So a, a couple of hard weeks, Everton, Sunday 2pm. Yeah, Spurs, then Sheffield United as well. So yeah. a big big four games in the Premier League coming up for us. Yeah, and this is what Solskjaer was saying, is that, that the whole season could, could turn around and, and he's right. Um, um, you, you need a few consecutive wins here. Everton, is, is that one we're going to be winning? Yes, I think I think so. I think I, I back us to beat Everton. They look, they look a lot better under Antelotti, I've got to say. I've been impressed with what he's done. I just don't think at the moment they're quite good enough to be playing Ant- Ancelotti's system to the kind of quality, the kind of level that he wants them, wants them to. Um, but I think they're they're a dangerous dangerous side going forward. But defensively, they can be got at, and I expect us to uh, yeah. to be able to create some good openings. Well, they're they're prob- they're they're a good enough bad team for United to expose them. I think. In that they yeah. they will come forward and and leave some space and as you say their defense isn't particularly good but that, I think they they, they are going to score one a, or two against us. Yeah, I was going to say it wouldn't surprise me if it's a similar kind of game to the one they just played against Arsenal at the weekend. Not necessarily three two. Obviously that was that's unlikely. But I think the the patterns of the game in that both teams will have spells where they have the ball a lot. There'll be a lot of uh, stuff going on, on the counter attack. But I think that probably suits us a lot better than playing against a team that will just sit back so yeah definitely I'll, I'll go for a, a 3-1 United win very nice be, be, be very positive um, right that's all we have time for on the Manchester United weekly podcast uh, I haven't given my Everton prediction I'm going to go a, a 2-1 United win slightly less positive thank you as always for, for tuning in um, for Series 5 Episode 29 if you are enjoying the show please leave us a review on iTunes it helps massively I know a couple of you have done that recently I haven't got the names up with me I'll get them up and, and give you a shout out next time for anyone who leaves a review um, for more from us throughout the week for the Bruce game the Everton game and whatever else is going on at Manchester United you can find Jack on Twitter at at UTD Tate T-A-I-T and you can find me on Twitter at Harry Robinson 64 and the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod that's P-O-D at the end there as I said, thanks as always for listening. Have a great week, um, whether it's rain, sun, or, or, or even snow or hail. Goodbye. Network.